TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is Issues 2017. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wichita School Superintendent John Allison. Welcome to Issues 2017, sir. Thank you for having me back. You know what? This is probably the last Issues show we'll do together. I'm don't, very sad. Don't me. start crying. <laughs> Let me say how much I've appreciated these interviews. I really have. Learned a lot. Appreciate your participation. And overall, a question, how has the media treated you during your time as Wichita superintendent, sir? Well, I also appreciate the opportunity to come in and, and talk about the issues. And, um, you know, overall, the media has, has been, been pretty fair. Okay. That's pretty short, but there it is. Uh, you've taken a job in Olathe. How did that come about? Um, I was contacted by the search firm that, that was looking for the superintendent and, and helping the Olathe school board. Um, something I wasn't out uh, looking to do, but uh, the opportunity to do something both professionally and uh, be close to, to family was important at this stage of my life. Well, I was, I was going to say, do you, you do have family up in that area then. I do. Um, my dad passed away this summer and my mom is still in the area, so this will allow me to be closer to her. But is this, uh, you've been superintendent for how long now? You're eight years. Eight years. I would presume that from time to time you, you do get some offers floating in the wind, right? You do. Um, there, there aren't a lot of individuals willing to, to do the superintendency anymore, so there, there are always opportunities, but Wichita has, uh, has been where my focus has, has stayed and maintained. And of course, you're still going to be in Kansas, although some people think it's a whole different world between up there and, and down here. But will the challenges be vastly different from those you see in USD 259? Obviously, you've got a different student body, different size and all that. But what are the challenges there? The challenges will be somewhat similar when you look at, at school finance and what you're trying to do to, to help students move forward. Olathe is the second largest school district in the state next to Wichita. So the, the, the issues that come with size um, will, will be the same little different student population, um, but in the end, what we're trying to do is take students where they walk through our doors and get them where they need to be, and that doesn't change um, depending on, uh, you know, it, it isn't unique to just Wichita. What do you think is going to be the final shakeout when it comes to uh, education funding in the Kansas legislature? I think eventually they will put a plan together that will increase the funding as, as the courts have identified that they're not adequately funding schools. Um, I think at this point in time, the, the problem we face is it isn't going to happen this week, um, and that as, as we continue to progress through the spring and potentially even in, into the summer, uh, that becomes really problematic for school districts in establishing their budgets. How long do, do you think it'll get them, get them to, after they get something done, is it going to take months or years to get it in place? Or? I would anticipate it'll take years to phase in just because of the, the tax structure and the, the, the fiscal hole that the state has created for itself. Um, you know, the big fear is that they won't get something done by June 30th. And at that point in time, then you have the potential of schools not opening and closing as of July 1. Well, you, you talk to, of course, a lot of teachers, but you also talk to a lot of parents. Uh, what are they telling you? What are they saying about all this? You know, they're, um, 
very enthusiastic about the, the idea that uh, funding could increase again for public education. They've seen the cuts that, that we've had to make and what, how that has impacted their students' education. So I, I think they're very positive about that. They're apprehensive because there's still a lot of unknowns. When will this get done? What's it going to look like? And how will we move forward? So um, optimism, but very cautious optimism is what I'm getting. You know, uh, critics will tell you the state is spending eight or $10,000 a year to educate each student. I've had them call me and point that out. That certainly sounds like a lot of money for one student. Is there nowhere that spending can be cut? That's the question we get a lot, you know. Well, when you look at those totals, they're also including special education and, and um, English as a second language. There are going to be students that are going to take a, a great deal more resources to be able to educate. So when you look at, at that average, that's, um, that's going to be uh, across the board. We've looked at efficiencies over the last eight years. When you've cut almost $80 million plus million out of your budget, we've looked at our business functions, our instructional functions, um, you know, we've cut administrative uh, costs. We've looked at those areas and, and squeezed about as much as we can and continue to be able to maintain the programs that we I think one, one of the points that, that you've made in our conversations over the past few years is that, uh, you know, if, if these kids aren't getting eh, quite as good an education, they don't get a do-over. This now or never. These kids are you're in the fourth grade now, and they're not going to be in the fourth grade forever. They get one, one shot. That's it. One shot. Um, so it's, it's sad that we've had almost a generation of kids that have been under the, um, the school finance issues and the continued reductions. Um, and that's not something that's going to pay dividends 10, 20 years from now as these students move in, into the workforce like we would like it to, to be for our state. So it's, it, there are consequences to the decisions that have been made. Uh, now, you mentioned administration. Of course, that's one you, you know, I know you get a lot of uh, uh, criticism on administration support. Uh, are, they say, are we spending too much on that and not enough in the classroom? Our general district administration is about 1% of our budget. And I would challenge to ask uh, any business in town if their administrative overhead is less than 1%. Um, we're, we're pretty lean, and so, we put our money into the classrooms. Sounds pretty efficient. So <laughs> how many school buses are you running? <laughs> Buses cost money, too, don't they? Buses cost money. We're, we're operating about 439 buses a day right now. Think about that. You know, if you're out there listening, think about it. They're running 439 buses a day. That's a, that's a lot of buses. The state legislature, again, discussing the formula for funding. Uh, and I got a feeling that the, the, the average listener says, what the heck is that all about? Why don't you walk us through the formula, what it, what it was and what it might return to being? Okay. How does that work? Tell us. The, the formula is when the legislature allocates the dollars to education is how are you going to allocate X amount. Um, the previous formula provided a, a base number per student. So every school district in the state would get the same um, base amount for each student that was enrolled on September 20th. And then there were a series of weightings that were put in place. So if you have a special ed student. Waiting as in wait, not waiting, but. Right. As in time. But right. as, yeah. as in uh, extra resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. it's, it's, um, it's, it's a multiplier of the base. So if you look at uh, special ed, there was a, a given weighting for each special ed student you had, for English as a second language, for at-risk students based on poverty, free and reduced lunch, because we know that those students are going to come in um, entering kindergarten with a 30 million word gap compared to their, uh, their suburban peers. 
that it's going to cost more to get them where they, they need to be. There's going to be some extra resources and, and support. There was a waiting for transportation. And then over time, you saw additional pieces put in place for districts that were losing enrollment, for districts that were fast growth. So it really looked at what's the cost based on a student's needs and then providing a little extra in those areas that will cost more. So, so there, a, there's a difference rural and urban then. Exactly. Um, poverty it does have a, a dramatic impact on the education of a child, but when you get into urban high-density poverty, it's even magnified more. So they, they recognize that. It was really a pretty progressive formula and one that, interestingly enough, has been uh, modeled in a number of states across the country because of the way it did target dollars toward uh, individual students and their needs. Sounds very complicated. You know, it's going to have to be. When you think of a school district like Wichita, 50,000 students, um, 75% free and reduced lunch, and you think of a district like Pretty Prairie, who's going to have a, a K-12 building, it's going to have to be complicated if we're if we're getting the dollars in, in the right places and supporting students. So who puts all that together? Do your administrative people put that together? or That was crafted by the legislature. I mean, but how do you fulfill that? How do you... Uh, you have to make a report or something. Obviously. Absolutely. There's uh, there, there's quite a bit of reporting we have to do and, and requirements um, that we need to meet so that they can designate those students. Um, they actually count them kind of as as extra phantom students is, is the way it plays out. So you see, you know, 51,000 students and you're being funded at, at more than 51,000 students because they, they do it that way. I think that's that's a, a little confusing for folks to understand. Did they change it just because they thought it was too complicated? Exactly. <laughs> and, and to be yeah. honest, a, a couple of the proposals that have been made at this point in time are far more complicated than the old formula. So, so if they do a new one, it could be even That was always a bit of a straw man, yeah, um, well, in my opinion, in, in the reason to go to block grant, which has since been found unconstitutional, and I think school folks knew that it would be. Now, so the basic reason to change it was probably – we, I think, was probably to save money, right? But it didn't quite work out that way. That, you know, with, with the state's financial situation, they were looking to, um, to be able to, to freeze and to save money and to um, not see the education bill increase. So the, the concept with the block grant is, well, we'll freeze everybody. That way school districts kind of know what they're going to get financially, but we'll spend the next two We'll spend the two years of the block grant developing a new school finance formula. But sadly, nothing was done in that two years, and here we are. You, uh, you mentioned something a moment ago that just, uh, it kind of went past my ear, and then I thought, hey, wait a minute, what was that all about? You mentioned the, word, the words 30 million word gap. What the heck are you talking about there? Well, there's uh, been several landmark studies that have taken a look at students as they enter kindergarten, and they've looked at not only their exposure to written word, but also verbally. Um, and it, when you have students coming out of homes of poverty, the likelihood of uh, reading materials, what they're hearing, whether it's on, on TV or just between parents, parents and friends and those types of things, there, there's a, a massive gap. So that's something that we, we know exists. And when they come into kindergarten, we know we've got a little bigger hill to climb to get those students caught up with many of their peers. Critics of public education are minion. There's a lot of them, but uh, I, I don't wonder if people don't understand that uh, you're in a mandate, educate everybody who comes in the door just about, aren't you? We serve everybody that shows up at our doorstep. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Can lawmakers solve this uh, 
education question and balance the budget. And maybe this is not within your purview, but can they do it without raising taxes, John? I don't believe so. Uh, doesn't look that way, does it? It, do, it doesn't look that way. When you look at, at the, the fiscal hole we're in as a state and then you look at, um, you know, some of the target numbers for education and other social services, um, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to require some revenue enhancements. You're listening to Issues 2017 on the Intercom radio stations. Our guest is Wichita School Superintendent John Allison. Let's talk a little bit now about the schools themselves. Are, are we finished with the bond issue upgrades to the facilities? We have a project. It's been going on for a long time. We, it has been. Um, over, over eight years, we intended five, and one of the first budget cuts that happened at the state level is, is they cut the equity payments to those property-poor school districts. So we had to step back. That was a loss of $25 million. So we needed to step back and reevaluate our bond projects and where our priorities are going to be. We've done that successfully. Uh, Robinson Middle School's auditorium is the last item we have of the bond project. So we, we are literally within a, a month or two of being done. And the bond issue was passed what year again? Two, uh, 2008. 2008. The worst year <laughs> we've had in several decades economically. Time. But you think about that, and we, I think we've talked about this before too. During the, the downtime here, the recession hit Wichita, there was actually some construction going on, and people were earning a living helping out with building schools, right? Absolutely. Had an impact. Uh, a huge impact to the community. Um, the bond project really was uh, the construction projects going on in Wichita for almost two years. Uh, it kept a lot of construction companies in business. It was also advantageous to us because we got – fantastic pricing. Um, so some of our early projects, we, we were able to come in significantly under our projected budget, which allowed us, you know, when you think a $25 million loss, allowed us to apply that savings as we move through the, the bond project. So it was a significant not only for our students and our families, but also for our community as a whole. I'll go back every now and then with my classmates and go back to our, our alma mater, the, uh, the, the uh, Princeton of the Prairie, West High School, and... Uh, <laughs> You don't even recognize it. It is nice over there. And when I was a kid going to school there, I, I wasn't even aware of my surroundings. I was focused on learning, right? Sure, whatever you say. <laughs> okay. Now, every school, it's that time of the year, every school now equipped with a storm shelter. Call them safe rooms. What, what do you have? Storm shelters? What do you call them? Storm shelters, yeah. safe rooms. Um, absolutely. Every one of our schools has a, has a shelter, which was a key piece of the bond and something that the, the board, even as they had to look at the scope, that was something they didn't waver on. So um, we are the largest school district in the country, to our knowledge, that has a shelter in every single building. And a lot of those are multi-purpose rooms, aren't they? Multi-purpose rooms, cafeteria, classrooms, whatever that particular school needed, um, that's where we were able to add and, and do double duty in getting – uh, what they needed, and also a safe room. Are all, all the other school districts in the state able to say that, that they have uh, shelters in all their schools? No, most of them are not able to say that. Okay. Wow. A little scary there. <laughs> How is security in the schools these days? Security's uh, great in our schools. That's uh, an investment that we've made over the last several years with our check-in system, um, our single door, uh, so that we're we're getting folks through the, the office to to start with. Our parents have been very supportive of that. 
Um, and it's, uh, it's been very positive. So our schools are very safe. Have the teachers and, and the educators in the various uh, schools in Wichita, have they talked to or presented to the, to the students about the dangers of, of social media and threats and things like that? Do you communicate that with the kids? A- absolutely. And we do that. Um, we've got a number of ways to do it, and, and we do it age appropriately. So that, that message for a fifth grader is going to be different than for a seventh, eighth grader or, or a junior in high school. But that's the reality of the world we live in. Um, and, and that continues to push down younger and younger. Yeah. And um, something that we're, we're trying to address. Tell us about test scores, where USD 259 ranks. Any improvements being made? How's it going? Um, we're definitely making academic improvements. Uh, you take a look at our graduation rate up almost 20% over the last six years. The state assessment has continued to change. Um, and really over the, the, the last eight years, we've had... Uh, a couple of years of the old assessment, and we were seeing good gains. Then we didn't really have a state assessment as they were developing the new one, and we're into year two on, on the new state assessment. So it gives us a, a target uh, and a, an idea of where we, we need to grow. So we're, we're seeing um, growth incrementally. It, it takes time, uh, not as much growth as we'd like to see, but uh, we're making progress and continuing to refine that. So um, I'm, I'm very optimistic about where we'll go as a district moving forward. What can, what can you say about your, your confidence that any Wichita students who want to get a good education, they can get it at USD 259? I mean, you can't force them, but if they want it, they, they can get a good education? Absolutely, and that hasn't changed in, in schools, you know, ever. Okay. Um, I've got two graduates from uh, Southeast High School, and uh, they were both uh, very well prepared for, for college and, um, and the ability to deal with uh, people in society as they've moved forward and, and have been successful. So um, absolutely, we, we can provide a top-notch education for every student that comes through our doors. All right, talk about the teachers a little bit. We have, <laughs> we, we have, fa- we have fantastic teachers. Okay. And that's, um, you know, it, it becomes a more difficult job every year. The, the workload increases when you have fewer and fewer resources. Um, you know, that, that puts burden on, on our teaching staff. Um, it's becoming hard to, to find teachers. I was going to say, we've talked about a shortage. We've talked about the shortage. And, and I don't see that's something that I think is a great concern for every school district in the state. Um, and really in, in many places across the country on the, the, the teacher shortage that we're looking at over the next three to, three to five years um, is really going to have an impact on our schools. What is the future then of the teaching profession? Is it something that, uh, still something that you would encourage people to look into? Absolutely. I would encourage people to look into. I think part of what we're fighting, um, one has been the, the, the fiscal reality, um, cuts, layoffs, lack of uh, raises, for teachers, and at the same time, um, the teaching profession's been maligned in the media quite a bit. And when you're thinking about picking the profession, what you're going to do for the rest of, of your life, and you continue to hear the, the negative aspects, um, that may be a strong reason why we're not getting students that are looking in college to, yeah. to go into teaching. Still not as bad as attorneys or journalists, huh? <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, has it been a good school board to work with? Are these people difficult down there on Monday nights? No, oh, they're fantastic. Um, I, I've been very blessed. Do they earn their pay? <laughs> they, they, you know, they are volunteers 100%. Yeah. There is not a penny that they get for, for the work and the time that they put in. I don't think anybody realizes that this is really a, a full-time job. Um, they've been incredibly supportive. 
they're all in it for the right reasons, which is to do the right thing for our students and our community. And you can't always say that because it is an elected position. They're not seeing as it stepping stones to, no. to something else. No. Um, and, and you look at the longevity on our board, and that speaks volumes that these folks um, are, are dedicated and committed to our, our students. Well, I've, I've heard some pretty interesting uh, uh, things about the, your replacement, the new superintendent. Uh, what's she going to be like, I wonder? She's going to be fantastic. I haven't heard anything. She's going <laughs> to be fantastic. I'm kidding. Um, uh, Dr. Thompson is, is a Wichita product, kindergarten on. Her teaching career, administrative career has, has all been in the Wichita Public Schools. Um, she will be fantastic as she leads the district moving forward. Um, and I just continue to, as I look down the, the path, I think there are, there are great things in store for the district under her leadership. What are the biggest challenges you face in your job here at, as superintendent? Well, I think um, you, you've got a number. Of course, there's, there's financial. <clears throat> you look at uh, finding good quality staff, um, teachers, administrators, custodians is, is always difficult. Um, and to continue to engage our community. I think it's very important that our schools are the community schools and to make sure that we have the business partnerships and the civic partnerships that, that we need and, and we do. We have unbelievable support in our schools. And to, to make sure that that continues is, is always um, something that we have to focus on. What are your proudest achievements or, or successes? Can you name one or two for us? I can I can name as many as you want. Um, I, I think have the, a lot the, of time. The, the first uh, <laughs> w- would be where where we've gone academically. Okay. We've looked at how we've restructured our academics and and our behavior systems to support our students. Completion of the bond, um, and you think of all the progress we've made in light of um, eighty plus million do- dollars of cuts in, in being able to continue to to move forward under some pretty tough circumstances. I think is uh, is very much a tribute to our board and and our staff um, in their dedication to our students. You, we talk to those taxpayers out there. It's just I, I don't want to pay taxes for some other kids, somebody else's kids. What do you say to the taxpayers who don't think they have a stake in the game here? Well, this is absolutely your future. Um, previous generations paid for your kids, and uh, this is this is part of what makes I think America special is the idea that every student is entitled to to a free and appropriate public education, um, and that uh, this is part of our civic responsibility. It, these are the individuals that are going to pay our Social Security moving forward, so it's really important that we prepare them uh, to be successful. What are you going to miss most about uh, USD 259 when you go to Olathe here in a, a few weeks or months? Uh, we, we don't have a lot of time. Uh, the, the people. I mean, such an incredible group of dedicated professionals, the community support. Um, it was a difficult decision. My wife and I had made Wichita home, um, and uh, it, it wasn't an e- easy decision. But I, th- I think overall it's, uh, it's the people. Wichita is a special place and, and has some um, incredibly passionate individuals. And that's probably what I'll miss most. If you had the new uh, superintendent in the same room with you right now, uh, what would you say to her as a piece of advice <laughs> taking the job if she was in the same room? If she was in the same yeah. room. Um, you know, be, be true to yourself. She's a, a passionate um, individual about uh, students and what we want for our, our students, not only whether it's achievement or, or through extracurricular activities, those types of things. Just just stay true to what you've believed over the years. It doesn't change when you're superintendent, and um, you'll, you'll do an exceptional job if you do that. And when people uh, get in their face about something that, that doesn't seem fair, you need, what you need to do, count to 10 or what? 
Count, count to 10 and then what then I count to, to 10 do, again. <laughs> uh, go visit a school. Walk into a classroom. Are you kidding? Is that absolutely what, really? see see the students um, and and remind yourself why we're there and and who we fight daily for are, are those kids sitting in the classroom. Well, listen, thanks for your time as always and uh, thanks for being part of this issue show over the past 7 years. I've been, enjoyed talking with you and enjoyed knowing you, John and to you and your family. All of our best, uh, best wishes for great success in Olathe when you go up there. And Nice to have you with us once in a while. I appreciate our, it. Thank you. Our guest, Wichita School Superintendent John Allison. That's all for this edition of Issues 2017. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.